Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 73. Uh, today is going to be a real fun one, especially if you're uh, into survival horror games. Uh, today's topic is uh, Dead Space. Uh, we'll be talking about the, uh, the remake uh, that just came out, and you know, we'll definitely touch on the original game too. Um, and uh, just uh, before we begin, uh, we, we do have a special guest today, so let's, uh, let's all do some introductions. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'm, I'm, I'm Richmond. Um, I'm uh, the founder of Art Eater, and I uh, got a background in art, and I love uh, being here and talking about cool games and art and just all this awesome stuff with you guys every week. Uh, Sean? Cool. Hey, I'm Sean. I'm usually here. I edit the podcast. Um, used to work with uh, Richmond way back uh, after college. Um, spent some time Facebook games at uh, in startups, and then I was at Blizzard Entertainment for a while. Um, and then, uh, generally speaking, I'm a UX guy, uh, creative director, um, UI designer, um, and uh, now I uh, lead design teams at NZXT. We do PC gaming stuff. All right, uh, this is James Stanley, your fighting game expert, character designer, storyboard artist, and illustrator. Uh, as always, I am very happy to be here. And survival horror is one of my favorite genres outside of fighting games. So um, it'll be interesting to uh, be a part of this episode. So as always, I'm happy to be here. Yo, what is up, everybody? It's Adam. Please be here once again. It's your favorite game, Little Diana, Pixel Artist, and International Taekwondo Fighter, back once again with the crew. We're going to be chatting about some beautiful games today. We're going to be talking about, very specifically, some horror, some survival horror. And yeah, like I am 100% hyped for this. I've been a big fan of the, of the game that we're talking about today and also of the genre for a while. So yeah, I just can't wait to get into it. But also, we have a wonderful special guest who will introduce himself now. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Derek. I got my start writing in like games journalism, Washington Post, Game Informer, Escapist, places like that, and then moved on to writing about hardware and things like that for places like EVGA and Newegg and NCXT. And um, now I'm just ready to talk about some games. I'm a huge Dead Space fan, huge survival horror action fan. Uh, yeah, just really excited. Awesome. All right, let's 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 dive right in. Um, so just so you guys know, like I actually don't know very much about Dead Space. Like I, I barely uh, played the original. Uh, really, I just really watched like some friends play it for a little bit. Um, but I understand there there's a, a remake out now, and um, uh, just from what I've seen, it it looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. Yeah. This Go is ahead. a case, Richmond, where I, I actually that was somewhat intentional. I was like, oh, we have a good mixture of people. Here that have not yeah. played Dead Space and a, a yeah, yeah. that have played a ton of it. Um, I don't know. It kind of. I feel like it still. It still exists, kind of not on the periphery, but I feel like it flew under the radar for a lot of people. Like it didn't. It didn't quite land the same way that, like, say, a Resident Evil did. But it, it's definitely from like the same era. Um, and I and I feel like it's uh, it's a it's a gem. It's one of those ones that really. Uh, and I think we'll also talk about uh, <laughs> attempts to replicate it. But it, yes. it's really one of those things that's a very unique game experience. So I think it's going to be interesting to hear the different perspectives of people that either haven't played it at all or hearing about it or, or like, you know, probably like um, me and Derek who have played a lot of it. But uh, OK, yeah, actually, I, I guess yeah. it'd be I'd be interesting to know, like, what's everyone's experience level with with the games? Uh, just, you know, it'd be good for the listeners to know, too. Okay, so I knew about what Dead Space was um, back when it first came out, back in 2008. Back then, I think I would have been 
probably about 12 years old by this point, I think. My oh, my gosh. Well, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, time's <laughs> a very weird thing. But, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah so um, this game for me is very much the kind of it, – it, it epitomizes and encapsulates the kind of, like, oh, like, play this, like, late at night and, like, you know, don't tell your parents, like, type of game. But Aww. it's one of those other it, – yeah, it, it, it's also one of those projects that kind of, like, is my it, – it's, it's, the, it's the introductory period to, like, lots of more survival horror core concepts but through the realm mm. of the game's medium so for example like this quite literally is my kind of first i suppose big uh, foray into anything related to horror in gaming really like it's quite interesting to look at it oh, wow. through that lens okay. as a developer now but also it's just odd to think about the fact that like this is quite literally where it sort of begins for me i think with respect to games but it was this game and then a few years later dead space 2's release that one was the one that i played like all the way through after playing the, the demo disc of that game back when those used to come out with uh, with magazines shout out to PlayStation magazine and other <laughs> but yeah like just stuff like that so i i played all the way through dead space 2 played a lot of dead space 1 at friends houses i didn't own it because of course as people might or might not know i was one of those people who had you know the uh the old the old peggy system parents who'd, who'd be like hey listen <laughs> are you, are you play this game no huh then you can't play. It. I'm sorry, brother. Like that, that was a, that was the deal there. But you know, we, we found some ways around that a little bit. But yeah, like <laughs> um, that was kind of my my introduction to it at the very least. Yeah, I got to see a ton of it online, and it was. A huge AJ, I'm I'm sorry, but uh, I'm I'm just imagining your your parents being like, I'm sorry, brother, you can't. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how my dad spoke to me back in 2008. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say my experience is relatively similar. I was probably a little bit older. I was like probably 10th grade when. Dead Space came out, but I remember really paying attention. It was one of the first games I really paid attention to, like, pre-release material. I watched a lot of, like, the Glenn Schofield, like, interviews about all that stuff. Um, Huge, like, Resident Evil 4 fan. That was probably the first thing I played. I played that, I don't even know at the time. I was probably, like, 12 or something. Definitely too early for Resident Evil 4, but uh, it just created a love of those kind of at big budget action survival horror games that I think are pretty few and far between even today uh, outside of something like Dead Space. Um, and then, yeah, just became obsessed uh, with Dead mm-hmm. Space. Played it many times. Dead Space 2, way too much. I've played Dead Space 3 way too many times, which <laughs> most people have not. Um, oh, wow, I didn't even know there was three of them. Yeah. Completely. Okay. And then... Callisto There's Protocol is obviously they, a new they one. They even did in the remake we'll talk about where they kind of like retroactively um... build in lore from like Dead Space yeah, 3 and stuff. Yeah, building lore from their games. Okay, cool. We'll get into that, a, yeah. Give people a reference for this that so Resident Evil 4 would have been like, uh, what, 2005? I think the first Dead Space came out in 2008. The original Dead Space, I think quite literally EA Redwood before they became Visceral was their kind of their mission statement was just make Resident Evil 4, but better uh, when Dead Space was originally kind of being concepted. So Dead yeah. Space specifically is like, takes a lot of things from Resident Evil 4 and tries to iterate on them. Oh yeah, yeah, I, Resident Evil 4 was super influential. Not, not to go on too long of a tangent, but um, even Cliffy B said like that, that was the biggest influence on uh, Gears 4, you know, another big title from that time. So it's interesting how it, it, it helped influence the cover shooter and like where uh survival horror games would go to 
in in so many ways like this game yeah. has fingerprints on fingerprints on fingerprints of so many different people's design journeys and the development of their sets of games we'll get into this later but just i can't wait to talk more about it in a in a more mechanical sense with respect to its yeah. uh, its influences and foundations yeah yeah but let's uh let's hear from james how do, how do you know this uh, series well uh i actually have very limited experience with Dead Space, and it's for an interesting reason. Um, I'm a huge fan of Resident Evil 4. Um, I It's probably my favorite Resident Evil. I was one of those people that started with 4 and then went back and played uh, the other games. I was, oh, uh, okay. I was a lot older uh, when I started playing Resident Evil, so I kind of got into it a little late, so that's why I started with 4 and then went back. Um, in terms of Dead Space, I remember being really curious about it. And I was like, man, this looks like this is going to be really cool. So I happily downloaded the demo. I believe this was on PS3 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I am ready to play some third-person uh, survival horror. And much to my chagrin, um, the game in terms of its sound design was so good that it scared the living shit out of me. And I was like, this game is actually made too well and I can't play it. And I gave so much respect to it, but I literally told people, I was just like, this game scared me so bad that I can't play it, but I love it. And that's been my experience with Dead Space. So I have like a huge respect for it. I think my fortitude is probably strong enough now where I could probably play uh, Dead Space 1. But the first time that I played it, the sound design was so good and the atmosphere that I was too terrified to play it. The same thing happened with me with uh, Evil Within 1. Mm. And then I had to kind of like take a break from the game and then come back to it and play it. So I think what will end up happening is I'll eventually play through Dead Space and the entire series. Because I'm a huge fan of survival horror. It was just... It shook me. Um, I have a lot of respect for that game from a creative standpoint and the influences. So uh, hopefully I will actually go back and start my journey with this space. Yeah, and the remake really plays up the sound design and like the atmosphere, I feel like, to the nth degree in a way, even the original. Even more? Jesus Christ, that's amazing. (laughs) There's a lot of... Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I was going to say also the uh, some of the... The more modern hardware, like the the modern consoles and PC, their ability to have multiple tracks of sound layering, um, I, I think is is quite a bit. Like, I mean, coming from the the old era, like there was a lot less uh, ability for them, and they still achieved a lot with the sound design. In the same way that we we've talked about in the past about how we you you achieved a lot of tricks with the graphical engines by like baking in textures and stuff. Uh, but now <laughs> they have like three D sounds, multiple layers. Um, yeah, the sounds can travel around corners and like down hallways and stuff, and will get manipulated oh by like God. doors and things yes. like that. I'm gonna wow, be around like echoes. in corners in my apartment playing this game though. Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm actually really excited about that. Uh, I, there's something to be said about like embracing your fears, I guess. Because when I played Resident Evil Four. The first time I played it, it scared the crap out of me. But I like braved through it because the game was so interesting and like so cool. And I was just like, nah, man, I'm gonna play through this game. I can do it. And I I really I sort of had like my own catharsis with that game in terms of like 
embracing like the the fear i guess in the adrenaline of the game and i feel like that space is like a, a very accelerated uh experience in comparison at least like what i would think just based on my very early experience with the demo yeah i think i had a really similar feeling with especially with the original dead space where it scared the crap out of me at the time but i was just I enjoyed the gameplay so much and the action elements and just the atmosphere and the storytelling that I just kind of pushed through it all and played it much more quickly because I think a lot of other horror games, especially at the time, I would just put them down if they were too intense or things like that and just put them down for a while. But Dead Space, I remember just playing it all in like a weekend because I was just like, ah, this is so much fun and so scary. Damn, that's, that is that's great. Awesome. I, I, I love that, like, you guys and me included, like, I I'm, I get freaked out by horror games. Like, like you know, some people are like, oh, that doesn't scare me. It's like, no, like the, the biggest fans, like we get really freaked out, but we got to like power through it because yeah. it's so cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I think it plays into the aspect of the experience with the game. Like, uh, I, I think that there's something that sometimes can happen to a player um, in terms of them using a game as like a cathartic vehicle to sort of like face their own like uh personal fears and i i feel like that's an exercise that sometimes can happen and i i again i had that with re4 um and i feel like with that space that's something that i want to do but i also think that it's just it's i don't know i feel like it's part of uh some people's just experience with games like you know games are a very particular type of media that actually sometimes do cause you to question certain things about yourself. And then you find yourself sort of compelled to uh, push through maybe certain things in your mind, certain narratives that you maybe have about yourself or about like the story itself. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, like survivor horror does a whole lot of different things. And I feel like there's a reason why that genre is like so strong. I gotta say that the um, for me like Dead Space always hit kind of closer to games like Splinter Cell, where uh, I was experiencing the the horror because of the darkness, not because of the like you know the the whole. Oh, that's a good point. And we talked about this before. Like the only game I'm, I'm kind of one of those people Rich was talking about where I'm like, oh, if this wasn't really happening to me, then I'm not scared by it. But yeah, uh, games like Silent Hill and Splinter Cell are the are kind of the ones, like, and Dead Space is in that category. Well. I, I play them with the lights off, and there's like a stress of the unknown uh, is far scarier to me than, except for the infamous Resident Evil liquor jump scare that did actually scare me. But I, again, I think it's more of a cheap scare. <laughs> <than liquor. laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird to say now because my experience and my wife kind of laughs at me. It's like De- Dead Space. I've played it so many times that it's, especially with the remake, the remake and the new additions and like the random elements make it like a generally much more stressful experience, but I don't know. Dead space is like a, is comfort food at this point. <laughs> I play it and I'm like, <laughs> ah, like, I just love, I love the game so much. And I've played it so many times. I was telling Sean, I probably know every hallway of the Ishimura. So playing the remake was like such a cool experience, but it's kind of a similar thing to Sean where I'm not necessarily like, at, especially at this point, like scared of the monsters or anything, but hey, I think well, the scariest part of the new game and this will lead into kind of another thing maybe later, especially talking about mechanics, is they have the intensity director, which is basically like a random, not random, but it's a system of AI that governs events and things like that, especially when you're going back through the ship, which is another change they made, which is making the ship all interconnected. Um, and there's no loading screens or anything. You just can take the tram and kind of explore it like a big 
uh, Metroidvania type map. But the fact of like going back through areas I've already been through and not having any idea of what's going to happen and not knowing about opening the door and seeing like three necromorphs on the other side or if the lights are going to go out. The intensity director does a really good job of making going back through the ship actually almost more stressful because you'll just spend like 20 minutes running around, picking things up, looking for collectibles or stuff like that. And absolutely nothing will happen except for some kind of creepy sound cues. And then, you know, they'll have a necromorph or something jump out randomly uh, on your way back to the tram and it'll just scare the crap out of you because you've just had nothing going on. Whereas I think in the main story without the intensity director elements and you kind of have an idea of what's coming and there's a steady pace, I think once you're just kind of exploring it, it actually really kind of lets the atmosphere sink in and that system really shines. Absolutely. Could, sorry, could, could you elaborate on that? What the intensity director, like that, that's a, uh, a game element of the game. Is it, yeah. What, what is that? I guess. So it's, I think it works similar to like left for dead or something like that, where there's like an AI director that decides when to spawn like a necromorph an event or turn lights out or play certain sound cues or things like that based on what's going on with the player, probably based also on like when they last were in combat or things like that. So when you go, normally you just, you can progress in a linear fashion. The main kind of through line is actually very similar to the original, but they, instead of having it be split up into chapters, they connected the entire ship into like this big continuous environment. So you can always go back to areas now and explore and find new things and then yeah basically there's like an ai system that'll mess with you the whole time you're trying to kind of ah, go back okay. so it mm -hmm. makes it makes backtracking and things like that always like interesting and tense because you're going back to places you've been but the music and the sound cues and things are changing and necromorphs are appearing in new places so you never really know what to expect. yeah yeah <laughs> I'd, I'd like to just talk about something as as much as okay so you, you've made such a great point because like dead space is a game that allows for its environment itself to treat you and also feel like it is an enemy like the ishimura and like the way in which that you have to traverse through it like it's so, it's so full of surprises and it's so full of moments that can almost kind of like take you over in a, in a, in a sort of like haze of fear and, and horror itself i think that one of the most important ways that it does this is it keeps that as you mentioned there that that lull going and then like the tension rises and then like boom something happens something terrible something awful surprises you but it's not so much a jump scare it's more so like the things that you feel and things that you see, like you are waiting for them very specifically because of like the dangers that like the ship itself like poses to you. One one mm -hmm. one um one instance of this is like on the USG Ishimura. There's like, this giant um, tentacle. Do you remember that? that that grabs like the player and then like you yep. get launched into this like assault as like this this crazy like just large appendage just like slowly drags you down a hallway and you're shooting at it and like just how tense that segment is it's such an interesting thing because i couldn't think of any games from like the 07 08 kind of 09 period that were like doing things like that apart from dead space like it was actively bringing you through to the horror in a sense that was actively not not based around like enemies themselves it wasn't as if like okay like you have a bunch of a, a, a horde of monsters like chasing you or you have to do it particularly as a, a even though this was a great thing in the games you know doing some of those sort of like gruesome like cutscenes or quick time events for the, like the players own like sacred times but like it wasn't just that like it makes tension 
with like the idea of of an unknown thing like attacking you but like it's it's the not knowing that makes it kind of even scarier that's one of that's one of the coolest things about it for me i think that one of the one of the most intriguing things is just the fact that like the team the team has obviously said themselves that like one of the things that they had was to like host like horror competitions one of the one of the most important ways in which that they were able to sort of like brainstorm and think of these different ideas and uh, glenn schofield even said at the time that like everyone could submit ideas for horror and once a week they'd go through all of them together and i think that like Obviously, as we you know, as we all know, creative teams often do speak very much in 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 tandem. They they work together very very hard to make sure that everyone is working in in tandem and to be able to find out the ideas themselves and to be able to work them through and to be able to make really cool things out of them. But I think very specifically, just having such a simple kind of like a horror competition that involves the entire staff, like that's a really cool thing. That's a really interesting way to get just some scary ideas based in phobias or based in past experiences or just based in everything. Like, like that's one of the reasons as to why it is that we find Dead Space so so memorable and so scary. I think I think the time that it came out in was particularly, I guess, like well well timed or, or fortunate for the project, considering the fact that like it was able to sort of like notch a notch a sort of like corner in the in the in the market of that of that twenty of that early of that late two thousands period. Sorry, but yeah, I think that um I just think that it did so much. And that, like, we still have so much to learn from, like, that specific type of horror design. It just reminds me of the way that, like, I don't know, like, a, a Junji Ito can make anything scary, you know? Like, he could draw a cat weird, and that's, like, in your mind forever. It's one of those things, yeah. I, I also uh, wanted to make a point. You're talking about the time it came out. I think something that's uh, maybe a really good segue into one of the main cool mechanics of, of Dead Space is this came out in a time where it wasn't, like survival horror had just been invented right like resident evil had already yes. made four games so we, we kind of progressed to a more uh, i think you all see this is going a more action-oriented version of survival horror so i think and, and we've talked about how like later silent hills actually lost a lot of their horror because their protagonist became a bit too competent <laughs> at uh yeah. at being threatened by the monsters like especially in i forget the one where he's like a an ex-military dude or something in silent hill um, homecoming yeah 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 yeah. and we were kind of like oh well half of this is like you're not scared because he's you know he's competent but but in terms of the action orientation um it dead space i think also had to figure out how to make it scary while still making you competent at shooting and moving around um and i i think the segue being is like the part of how they achieved that was the the specific type of dismemberment that you had to do in order to fight enemies. Yes. Yeah, I remember Glenn Schofield saying he was like, the idea of in a horror movie when the character's trying to put the keys in the lock of like a car and you're sitting there and you're missing with the key constantly because even though you're not necessarily like terrified in the moment, you're stressed and you're trying to do precise movements in a stress situation. So the whole idea of dead space is basically that little microcosm of putting the key in the lock, except you're trying to precisely shoot off limbs or react to a situation while there's a bunch of monsters screaming at you and a lot of noise and cacophony and all these things going on. And it's less about like, oh man, I'm so scared right now. And more like, this is a really intense situation and I need to be able to make like decisions and survive this. Absolutely. Hey, um, but before we get too far into this, could could you guys maybe explain like the premise of the game, and then also the just the the specifics of how you know you have to actually survive the mechanics of that? Um, do you want me to go ahead, or go for it? Sure. Um, so, Dead Space is a over-the-shoulder third-person action shooter that is 
like horror infused clearly influenced by resident evil 4 but it all takes place on the usg ishimura like a stranded ship in the middle of space uh and the gameplay is all around using different weapons to dismember the this alien species called necromorphs and basically the only way to take them out is to remove their limbs and things like that so you're not going for typical headshots you're trying to get rid of their legs or and oh, slow cool. down their movement or mm -hmm. their arms or things like that and these aliens are kind of horrible like amalgamations of humans they're basically zombies that have been contorted for a specific purpose of like killing other humans and infecting them so they grow these gross like bone blade arms and extra limbs and yep. they're very kind of like body horror Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah body horror is <laughs> a big part <laughs> of like the game yeah because ultimately they are just like human puppets with like alien sharp like limbs poking out so you're always kind of trying to slice off these crazy appendages and stuff like that and you're the i think a big part of the appeal is you're isaac clark you're kind of an everyman like engineer that's been tasked with a small crew to help fix the ship so you kind of show up and you don't have any idea what's going on and you arrive on this empty ship and the mystery just kind of unfolds and it's um yeah it has that wonderful alien very influenced by alien mm. like being stuck Oops. on the nostromo and stuff well, one thing I'll add that I think we'll probably talk about later as it as it relates to the changes they made in the remake, but the Ishimura is not just a ship. It's like a giant planet cracker mining ship. Yes. Like it's a yeah, massive, yeah. massive a like hulking biome. vessel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanna get I wanna get into that just, just really quickly after Sean. But you go on, go on, Sean. Yeah. Oh I just wanna like I said, I think we'll talk about it later. I just wanted to mention that like if you're imagining like a ship like on Firefly, for instance, it's not that. It's no it's yeah. a massive Massive there's vessel. a thousand yeah i think there's at least a thousand people they say on board in terms of the crew um this is a ship that's basically meant to go to planets and rip huge chunks of literally out of the planet like they basically harvest the entire planet because at this point humanity is strapped for resources so they use these giant yes. ships to fly around and harvest entire planets and the ships stay at these planets they make it a on-site colony on the planet to get ready to rip like a huge chunk out of it and then it takes, I think, like three years or something um, overall between first colony set and then finally getting it and getting out of there. So a lot of times these people are here for really prolonged periods out in space. And I think the one other thing that's a big influence that I think Dead Space was really kind of ahead of the times on is uh, Lovecraftian influences. I think there's a lot of HP Lovecraft influences so. in yeah. terms of the design yeah, of the aliens and the... Um, st there's a lot of psychological horror built in, a lot of like hallucinatory stuff and mm -hmm. cosmic horror that's a big part of Dead Space and it's a big part of why I love it, despite the problematic elements of H.P. Lovecraft. I've always loved uh, I I, I think that's like stories that, and stuff. What you're mentioning is part of why like the there's an element of scale of like Eldritch like mm -hmm. scale that's in this story as well, which is shocking that they were able to achieve it with such a an intimate kind of over the shoulder. Uh, every man like type character yes. but yeah yeah that's one of the coolest things about this actually i'm so glad you both mentioned that because that's that gonna be my next tie-in but uh yeah like earth government researchers in, in this in this world during the 23rd century obviously the, the obvious future there they they find um an alien artifact in a in a, in a place called the the Chicolub, uh, crater which is basically it's an impact crater buried underneath like the yucatan uh, peninsula in mexico it's it's a, it's a center like in its center is an offshore like the community like there basically but in essence like that marker that they find that emits a 
consistent like electromagnetic field from like no source of like power it just does that so researchers believe that that could be used to provide limitless energy for the earth and for and, you know possibly solve you know earth's uh, energy-based crises so to speak so that's a big part of like why it is that this you know story does begin because of the obvious you know the, the need for said energy and the reasons as to why it is they've been searching that for searching for that is exactly that they, they need they need to have more energy but work begins to kind of like reverse engineer that marker and yeah they're, they're basically forced to use this like bismuth instead of like unidentified like alien like materials and stuff like that and then that just makes like duplicates of like red colored and like red sorry red red colored like markers instead of like you know the actual like black markers that was like the original but yeah yeah it's, it's one of these really interesting things that sort of like again it mixes these very specific um real life uh problems that we face and real life issues especially with regards to like the environment around us where is it that our energy comes from how is it that we utilize it obviously these are finite like resources but some of them don't have to be like it's one of these things where once they've added in a little bit of that wonderful uh, that wonderful fiction that we love so much it, it turns into this this beautiful wonderful story but i think that one of the coolest things about this actually is um like they find out that those electrical magnetic fields like they they and the duplicates of the the marker itself like they cause living people to actually begin to suffer that paranoia and like and hallucinations and stuff and it causes the dead to become reanimated so they they actually become those necromorphs themselves and like different types of like biological like monsters and like monstrosity that do exist in the game the fact that like the thing that the thing that humans think that they need is what is actively like reanimating dead and like forcing people to mutate and it's you know basically ripping humanity itself apart it's just it's such a clear cut you know like allegory for like the ways in which we use like fossil fuels and so many other things i think it's just really it's really intriguing when you look at it through the lenses of like the actual like state in which we exist today as well and, and have for many many years but yeah i just think there's so much to be there's so much to be said there. it's really really interesting because there's, there's there's no um it's no kind of like secret with respect to how it is that you know some of the areas in which we pollute how it is that people are affected by those how is it those can change like physiological change how they can cause physiological changes even i just think it's a it's a really intriguing sort of uh allegory there even if it's kind of a little bit not it, it's not ham fisted per se but it's it's definitely like there if you if you uh, if you look for it but yeah i think um just the idea of having so many different like types of like necromorph as well their designs are awesome like yeah. Does anyone remember like any kind of like a, a specific necromorph based like enemy or anything like uh, any memory surrounding them? I think in terms of a specific necromorph, and I think it's one that carries over to Resident Evil 4 is the Hunter, which is like the regenerating yes. necromorph. And I, it has a very similar thing to like the regenerators in Resident Evil 4, which was a iconic moment in my life because up until that point, that game had not been like super scary even as I was younger. And then once I hit the regenerators, I was like, oh, this is like what survival horror is. Like, this is what a scary video game is. And I think Absolutely. I think it's... having that invincible enemy like chasing you and not really having any way to deal with it, especially in a game like RE4 Dead Space, where you're generally pretty empowered to handle most situations like competently. And then it's just like, no, like you can do what you can, but you pretty much just need to get out of there. Um, is always it's always super stressful to have like a invincible enemy that's just chasing you yeah one of one of my favorites was the um was the lurker enemy like the, oh, those that was mine kind of like, <laughs> yeah i got i got you i got you yeah they're like they're just, they're just mainly sort of like crawling prone on the ground and stuff but they, they look like they they look like like a 
like a like a small kind of like adult or like a, like a child but they have these weird like tendrils that reach out of their back and like their mouths are sort of like distended as the jaw is clearly like broken but like, one of the coolest things about them is like they rely on like ranged combat so they, they fire projectiles at you from like a distance but then they can also use their tentacles as like these lashing slashing stabbing weapons in close combat so like it, it's it's the idea that like an enemy in and of itself just has like numerous ways of dealing with you and that just like implies a sentience that is obviously the sentient but it implies a, an, an intelligence a, a, a gauging of, of distance and range an ability to switch tactic and to think about you know the actual ways in which they would like to kill you it's just really interesting yeah yeah I and think, i think uh, the alert oh go ahead sean i know uh, you can go ahead i was just gonna say this will be one of james favorite enemies because they're they're like i think they're clones infants that yeah are they're literally infants oh, yeah great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You run into them, there's like a prosthetic lab, and basically there's a bunch of like test tube babies, and then they start becoming necromorphs and stuff, and that's like, and I think in Dead Space. Yeah, and in Dead Space 3, they're actually little dogs in Dead Space 3, which is pretty Aww. gross. Um, yeah, I think they're just supposed to be like little dogs that the people had or something. Um, yeah, they're real nasty. And I think we were talking about Lovecraft and like all the different elements of Dead Space. I think the one thing that we should mention as part of kind of, I don't know, the trifecta or something would be the uh, religious elements, the unitology and stuff like that. Because there's a big focus on like this religious group that's like a shadowy organization that I think definitely has yes. a, a few parallels to like Scientology. They talk about paying to rise yeah. up. Yeah, and then like... They talk about paying to rise up in the ranks and it's like a very shadowy organization and they basically worship the necromorphs and the marker and stuff and they have like ulterior motives so they kind of play like a villain element uh and kind of that classic element of like alien where there's like a corporation or something that's kind of manipulating Absolutely. events in the background yeah it's it's just such a cool story i think one of the most intriguing parts about it as well obviously like the the blood and guts and gore are, are huge but i think just like it's it's the ways in which you can be injured and the ways in which you can die that are also so like intriguing i just put in a quick video but if anyone's not seen it just if, if you can stomach it obviously a little bit of a warning for some gore there obviously we're talking about dead space of course but yeah like if you type in on youtube or just dead space and then just like lurker death just l-u-r-k-e-r just death like that is really intriguing that there's just this monster that is just repeated kind of just stabbing at like isaac clark and like yeah like it's just you, you don't see an enemy typically like repeatedly uh, attack you in such a way it's it, it if you fail like a quick time event but just allowing for the player to be just taken out in so many different intriguing creative ways i've seen obviously some of them can like vomit what looks like just like different types of like acid from their body so like that's a type of death that isaac can you know die too like there's there's numerous times where he gets bisected or there's numerous times where like things will like crush him or tear him in half or just quite rip his face off in other ways like i just think that like this reminds me of like there's a kind of like a it's like a wrestling attitude era but for like the edginess of like media and like horror like look at how many ways you could die like look at that like oh it's gonna rip your face off like uh like guitar solo like do you know what i mean like there was, there was a there was an era of time where like there was such a 
there, there was such a visceral, visceral funny. There, there, there was such a, <laughs> a visceral glee and joy that people would take in like in just showing you, hey, look, this is gross, right? Like this is disgusting, right? Like I just yeah. think that like especially growing up in that kind of time as a kid, like high school, like there's just certain places and points of like the internet where you just be, you wouldn't go there yourself, but you would be showing that by a friend in class, and they would just be like, yo, check out this disgusting thing that you'll remember for like the rest of your life. It's just like, yeah, okay, like we we do this now, I suppose. It's like this is just such a I think Dead Space was like a game made by like people who were aware of that time on the internet, but made specifically for parts of that generation, I feel. And I think that the reverence that we have for it is so intimately tied to those memories of being younger and being exposed to a lot of those things. Not necessarily to say that that is like implicitly negative in and of itself but i think that like again the idea of like you know infected organisms i think that once we start speaking about these things i think it's just very important that we do speak about the ways in which you can be infected or the ways in which something can like infect you sort of like mentally how it is that you can see something horrible and like it can stay in your mind like it's a, it's something that occurs very much so when you obviously you do look at or are seeing or, or are showing certain things which you kind of aren't like ready for at the time or if you are even you can sort of be grossed out by something it's so much so that you just won't forget about it like i just think that like dead space um very specifically was able to show so many just new forms of the ways that horrific things can happen to like a human body and vice versa the ways in which a human being could in essence wreak uh, havoc on different types of organism just like just the ways in which it did so to such to such um to such varying logical conclusions you know just like okay if i'm gonna if i'm gonna push someone off this like area into like a shredder like what's that gonna look like because you know it's gonna happen well the, the way that they're gonna die is clear but like but what does that look like though it, it's like just going through numerous different mortal combat fatalities and just like looking at them all and being like all right if i if i punch someone in the chest like with the force of like a bullet train like what happens then show me like that that's what we're looking at here and it's just it's interesting to think about how that um how that works with respect to its effects on not just like people but the, the the developers themselves even it would be really interesting to to talk to even some of them about that one day i suppose but yeah lots to think about yeah yeah and i think the remake this is a good like segue into the remake because i think the remake puts just as much effort into that as the original did in a weird way like instead of just aping those elements i mean the remake spends so much time even just adding to the gore and the systems i mean now there's like flesh layers on enemies so you can like yes. shoot off their skin and then you shoot through the muscle and then there's like a revealed bone so there's like a gameplay element now because originally you just hit the limb a couple of times and then eventually it'd separate and now you have like a clear visual and i mean technically it's amazing too because these enemies have like layers and certain weapons there's like a gun that just shoots basically compressed air and it'll literally like blast the skin off of enemies um, or things like that, where it's just like you have this direct like usage of gore to uh, convey like gameplay mechanics and information to the player. Mm. Um, and I think it just does a really good job of that. And it doesn't even necessarily feel, you know, like mean spirited or anything like that. It doesn't feel yeah. necessarily yeah. gory to be gory. It's like this feels like a mechanic that had a lot of like design and thought put into it. And on top exactly. of that, when you blast like <laughs> when you blast their skin off or something it reveals like underneath the skeleton and stuff and they genuinely can look even more terrifying like because they're still alive so they're just running at you now and they're just like a skeletal um monster 
and it's pretty incredible especially i had a lot of moments playing the remake where i was just blown away by the detail and the visuals and stuff around just the gore and things like that it's definitely not for the faint of heart but uh i think uh, what, yeah, what's I'd... uh what's interesting when we're talking about this is that um usually when when remakes come out you know you, you know the famous talking about whether or not like last of us part one is a remake or a remaster because like it's basically the exact same game this is a case um similar to resident evil but i think more so than other games i've seen where um it is a pretty a, a pretty like faithful remake but they changed a lot they actually added a, and but but not like in a it, clearly in a, a way that was spiritual to the original game like they added things that don't feel like they don't belong in the original game um this is one of them like they expounded upon like the uh the you know this this entire base mechanic of what we were talking about before the limbs um uh Derek mentioned before they ex expanded upon like the the way that you experience the Ishimura in general um I think they even changed some story beats uh and there's like an alternate ending you can get as well uh, yeah new game plus like, you can get an alternate ending yeah, there's like zero grab sections as well now that are pretty significant. Um, yeah, originally zero grab was just you had magnetic boots and you basically would aim at a surface and press a button and you would launch yourself, like jump off of one surface, surface to the next. And they still had some pretty interesting segments, but now like Dead Space 2 and 3, the zero grab segments are just totally open and you can kind of boost around with like little jet boosters um, in like 3D space, which is amazing like the dead space remake the sections that are zero g are just technically so incredible i think especially with all the physics and the weird flesh systems and stuff like that the amount of like debris and things and blood and gross stuff that's like floating around in zero g um is really impressive yeah i i just want to expand on uh, what what you said earlier about the um just the animations like i've i've been watching like the the death sequences from just the first one not even the remake and the the animation is weirdly classy you know <laughs> like you said like it's not it's gross cuz it's horrific but it's not it's not gross in like a uh uh like really fetishistic way like how mortal kombat is which totally works for mortal kombat like mortal kombat's really over the top you know, it is supposed to be like a gleefully uh, gross and sadistic game, but um, this one is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's horrifying because it's like it puts you in the moment, and these things act like animals. They don't act like something that someone, uh, you know, animated just to be gross for this scene. They, it's scarier because it's—they seem to like you guys were saying—they have their own weird logic, right? And they—they they all move differently, um, and it's like they're coming at you like. Like it's their job, right? like, yeah. Like they're very professional about it. Like, like, like when that little baby thing jumps on the guy and just starts stabbing him, and it just keeps going, yeah. it just keeps going and going, and it's just like <laughs> it's it's business, right? It's not even personal. It's just like, hey, this is I just got to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the really whole goal. <laughs> yeah, the necromorph's whole goal is basically just to chop everybody up and turn them into fuel, like for the rest of. You know for more necromorphs and then when more necromorphs mm. are made they can kill more people and and get yeah. more infectors to go around and infect more bodies because ultimately the necromorphs yes. don't infect people there's like these infector organisms that are going around and infecting corpses and things like that so the necromorphs have to basically go around and anybody ideally the insanity and all that stuff starts and characters will start 
killing each other and that's kind of how it gets started in earnest like when the markers first gets going and starts making people hallucinate and then once that happens you get your first necromorphs and things like that and then it's just basically a snowball effect from there why is it so much more terrifying to have a bunch of creatures that are not like mad at you or angry it's just this is a corporation of necromorphs (laughs) in a large ship being like hey sorry man this is my job I think it just plays into the Lovecraftian element where it's like, (laughs) you don't mean anything. Like, you're just trying to survive in this scenario, and the necromorphs are this huge, unknowable organism that's just like, we're just going to consume you, and like, whether you're here or not, you know, we're not mad about it. Yeah, we're just going to consume everything on the ship. But, 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 okay, you were saying this is a a metaphor for how people treat (laughs) nature, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, just sort of the most predatory forms of uh, uh, capitalism and just, you know, just trying to profit-driven uh, world, right? This is how people treat animals and plants and yeah. each other. Right? It's well, like, well, hey, it's just business, if rec- man. If I recall from the story, the Ishimura is literally a corporate mining vessel. It's, it's also yeah. illegally there. Like, it's also yes. there. <laughs> Later you find out, like, it's there illegally. So they've already gone into a system just because it was lucrative and they basically paid the price because the system is closed off. So they just, you know, rules be damned, they went in and now this is what they get. <laughs> that there's so hmm. much to be said about, like, the idea of the parasite in game design enemies, but in game design narratives as well. We have, like, things like Cordyceps Fungus and, like, that within The Last of Us. We have that within... The, we, we have this within the, the Ishimura storyline and, obviously, throughout Dead Space's history and storyline, too. Like, just the idea of something being able to infect you, even, again, with, with respect to Resident Evil, just the idea of, like, of a disease, you know, these viruses, these, these zombie-like creatures that, that were once human beings like that that is just such a it's such a baseline human fear just the just the idea of becoming not yourself but the will of another and i think that it's just really really intriguing i think what we see is just like i, I was just writing before it's just this it's this biological imperative that this that this creature has and like whilst so much of the time we obviously care about ourselves as human beings what we want to do with our plants and with our lives and stuff but it's just really interesting to see that like what happens if like a parasite does this to us it's just such a it's such a fascinating like idea it's such a fascinating thing which you know people always do want to write stories about or make games about you know the, the idea of being turned into something else be you know be it a vampire be it a werewolf be it Mm. any any anything you know it, it, it's this it's this human fear of, of being turned into something by something else and i think that's one of that's one of the sort of more deep core i guess human phobias that i think is definitely worth you know looking into but of course we definitely will will uh will mine it for for, for future creative <laughs> creations i think but i think it's just it's an incredibly intriguing thing i was just having a i think this just reminded me one of the last things i'll say about this but it just reminded me of the fact that there are that, that there exist parasites in in this world that you know get mixed into food or into into feces of other of other animals and then another animal will ingest that and then like that will that animal that that parasite will take over that animal's brain and make it either you know kill itself or fall or drown itself or just do anything and then it will burst out of its kind of like body or become infused in water or just quite literally just fall into like another animal's food or just anything like that and it will just continue that that cycle that 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 sort of ever growing death spiral ouroboros that is this this all-encompassing eating of, of of itself kind of do you know what i mean like it's it's not so much that like it's doing it to something else like it's actively like 
killing parts of itself to continue its birth. It's such an mm. interesting thought. Like the 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 viruses in within the virus idea within this, it doesn't like you said, it doesn't care if 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 you kill one of it, it'll just be like, good, thank you, actually. So I can spread more. Like nice one, that's actually helpful for me. Like it's it's just such a it's such an interesting thing, I think, that we can, when, when we're thinking about this specifically, I think that we can definitely see how horrific this would be for us because, like, we don't really have ways to actively combat that. Of course, just, of, of course, thinking about the ways in which we've just been seeing the, our responses to uh, to real life pandemics, of course, as we've all actively been living through currently. That's, the, that's something right there. But yeah, I just, I just think it's really interesting to think about how it is that so much of this already does happen in nature around us and obviously is happening in our own human lives as well. But just looking at, through this, looking at this through that lens and through this game lens, it's just really intriguing to think about. I'm, I'm very much, um, I'm very much uh, fascinated by that now, just as I'm thinking about it even harder. Yeah. Yeah. So do you okay again to to kind of parallel human society? Do you think maybe that was sort of the intention? You know, like like an allegory that that like you know viruses spread this way, like this crazy thing, the monsters in this game spread this way. But then also you yourself, like you said, like this guy is just an everyman. He just got sucked into that right against his mm -hmm. will. Right. And then also, I mean, on a relatable level, like he's doing a job that 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 he, he's got to hate. Right? No one wants to get <laughs> yeah. through what he's doing. And it's it's not even benefiting him. It's it's again, it's against his will. It just benefits a greater entity that just kind of doesn't care about his individual individual experience or not. You know, no, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff i think even in the remake where it's like there's a lot of different elements with you have the body horror and the infection and then you have the religious elements with unitology and you have the corporate kind of criticism with the cec which is like the mining corporation that you are hired by and that like the security team you're with works for and then on top of that there's just like the overarching necromorphs and like lovecraftian elements i think there's so many different things and then i i think a big thing that we haven't even mentioned yet is the art design i mean dead space has iconic yeah. like suit designs and things like that that just immediately people go oh this is dead space and like i think the art design Absolutely. of the ishimura the ishimura looks like a rib cage and like a spine basically but it's a ship like there's so many amazing art elements dead space is i think a super fun game but then the art just the sound and the visuals are i mean the original still has aged really well but especially the remake is borderline yep. second to none in terms of atmosphere and, and visuals. I, I also wanted to start mentioning probably something that people thought was coming. It started making some comparisons to Callisto Protocol as well. That was a newer game that just came out that was made by ex-veterans that worked on Dead Space. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I want, the reason I wanted to mention this now as we talk about the art design is I felt playing the original, playing the remake, and playing Callisto Protocol is that the Dead Space franchise does a really good job of their environments feeling... I, I lived in is not the right word, but they feel... Re, like, even there's this massive... They're really natural, that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird to say, because it's like this giant spaceship, whatever. And I, I mentioned that, like, at least um, playing Callisto Protocol, I, I just felt like I was in hallways and stuff like that, even though they were very well-realized uh, yeah, hallways. I, and... <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Derek. Oh, no, I just think... I think Callisto Protocol... 
has incredible like art and design. I think the environments I I was literally playing it last night and I think like the environments are are really amazing, but to your point, John, I think in Dead Space they make a point of like you're going to the hydroponics deck. This is where like clearly they get all their food and oxygen. Whereas Callisto is like, you're just trying to escape the prison. So it's like, all right, you're going through waste management through like the sewage tunnels and maybe you'll pop out in like an environment, but then you just need to go out across like the open surface. It isn't, Dead Space almost comically at points acts like a tour of the Ishimura as well, where you're going <laughs> back and forth between like the different sections, engineering, mining subdeck. You go to every subdeck and explore like every section. So you get to see where the crew lives, where they eat, how they get their food how they mine like these materials you go to the bridge and you go to all these places multiple times and i think callisto protocol suffers more from you're just trying to get out of the prison so however you get out of the prison is the way you're going to do it and if that involves going through every area or not is kind of just where the game takes you yeah yeah i think um, it goes back to something we we've talked about before when we talk about like really good mecha as well and it was what i was trying to uh, definitely mention is i feel like Dead Space is one of those ones where all of their art design isn't just designed to look cool, although it does. Um, mm -hmm. It has a lot of logic built in. Like you, when you look at even the iconic engineering suit that uh, he's wearing, yeah, the rig. Yeah, yeah, all of it like actually has a lot of logic to it, and that's why I, I compare it sometimes to Good Mecha, which is like Good Mecha was like even though it's not real, someone thought how all of this should work. Um, yeah, they, and I think they, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I sorry to interrupt you. I just think it's a perfect segue into the UI like of the game and the fact that, like you said, the practicality of these things, having a giant health bar on your spine, you're like, well, that doesn't seem very yes. practical. And it's like, well, if you work for a day on the Ishimura, you're going to realize that having a health bar on your spine is pretty practical because half of these machines <laughs> will kill you in a thousand different ways. So it's like having everybody, the fact that like everybody syncs up to the ship and you can hear like them flatline when their rigs go red or things like that, I think is really cool. One of the most cool things that I thought about that is just the fact that like the colors are so harmonious, like that kind of orange to bronze color and then going through to like a sort of like cyan blue color, which is one of my favorite colors actually. Just like, I love the fact that like the idea of like mixing that into a health bar UI, but also having that be one of Isaac's all one of his main light sources as well. When you're in a dark environment, his back, his health bar glows up and provides you light. It's just like that is that's beautiful. That's harmonious. That's game development. That's game design. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're they're putting all of these important aspects as to how it is that he as a being is able to traverse through this area and also give the player themselves information and also give himself in-world information too. That's all one thing. That all does the same. That, that, all, that one thing does the same thing for that and then multiple other things at the same time. It's just, yes, it's simultaneously incredibly harmonious work there. One of the coolest things to think about that as well I was just writing about the fact that we that we that we see Isaac in, in his like suit. We see he it looks like a ribcage to me, just as as was mentioned earlier with respect to the Shimura's design. Like just the idea of like this sort of like skeleton that's encasing him is what keeps him keeps him safe from like the dead around him. It's really just a, it's an incredible thought too. Just the idea of his this kind of like technological dead corpse that he's wearing is what is allowing for him to facilitate the fight against all this actual death. It's just it's really really cool. And as was mentioned before as well, there's a really cool like article that I just found where um, on End Gadget there's a Dead Space Dev blog talks about the suit 
uh, article which is really interesting but yeah as was mentioned i was thinking just of a lot of like shiraz work and just like the way in which like every single thing is like so meticulously designed and like it's drawn and so perfectly and like you could build it you could you if you had the means you could you could build it if you followed those exact instructions or if you gave somebody that kind of um that kind of a that kind of a, a set of funding like they could make something really cool it's one of the most intriguing things that i've seen uh one, one of the most intriguing things that i've seen one of the cool people that do this someone called uh, vitaly bulgarov he's a he's a designer like an artist who's worked on numerous different like kitbash products and different areas of like art training for people hdr maps but has also worked on a bunch of different films as well and stuff like that things like ghost in the shell like a whole bunch of other games like all sorts of really intriguing things but his like design sensibilities too are just so much remind me of the ways in which people think when they're trying to make a high-tech piece of machinery in a high-tech suit and just yeah i think that this just it just screams just forethought not just like thinking about the problem itself thinking about what problems could actively occur what 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 could uh what could uh what could somebody in there need you know he's he's not like a space marine he's a space welder and like what does a welder need what does a welder on a ship like that need to survive or need to do that work and i think that they just designed it so perfectly yeah uh, james you were gonna say something oh um i was i think i was basically just going to talk a bit about just the synergy with the i guess psychological aspects of the game and like musical cues and sound cues um and also like a lot of the things that aj was mentioning about like fears that people have about being uh turned into something or uh is some sort of i guess like fear of deterioration of your body or your existence like being overcome by something whether it's a virus or um you know just some sort of deterioration uh, I feel like thematically, like the music makes me feel like a particular sense of dread. Um, like, and it's not like, it's, it's like very atmospheric. It's usually like a lot of things that are for more like uh, dramatic timing, like emphasis, like uh, whenever there's like a death or I think I, I was watching like a video of like the lurker and like there's certain musical cues that happen during that, that sort of intensify this like just growing sense of dread that like well you're not gonna get out of this uh you're you're dead and they're gonna torture you a little bit more than you think the scene is longer on purpose to make you feel this sort yeah. of uh, desperate like you're just like i know i'm gonna die i'm not dead yet but like i'm experiencing like all of this horror and i feel like the music uh really plays a strong element into that as well as just the no pun intended the visceral aspect of the animations and like all of those things like uh, I mean, it's like the the opposite of fading to black when you die <laughs> yeah because yeah. you know like yeah because people go oh okay well I, you fade to, to black like you're like okay this is over but when you're sort of still in that moment like yeah you're not physically feeling these things but like you feel them in like a metaphorical way, like yeah. as the player and you're still in that moment. It's almost like that same creepy feeling from old 8-bit games, like when you die and the level still functions and you see enemies still oh. like doing stuff, but you're dead. It's sort of like this creepy uh, correlation that I have with that, where it's just, it's not just dread, but it's just like you're really living in that moment longer 
than what you would subconsciously expect. And it creates the very interesting uh, feeling for like the player. Uh, I, I have to say, this is like sort of a tangent, but not really. I was reading about it the other day. I forgot why I started reading about it, but it was about um, the spelunkers that go into like really tight uh, cave uh, systems and stuff like that. And similar to people that free climb, it's not super uncommon for them to, to die. Um, and anyway, just reading about this made me really, really uncomfortable. Like I felt in a couple times, especially when you'd read some of the rescues that happens, like they would describe it in like, not like super detail, but there's, I don't know, the reason I bring this part up as a tangent is like, there is an element of just cause something isn't happening to you. doesn't mean that you can't, your, your, your body and your mind can't make you start experiencing what it might be like for that to happen. Yeah. Especially when there's a lot of detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, what you were saying, it reminded me of like just reading about these these spelunkers, and like I, I felt like claustrophobic and uncomfortable and like really bothered just by reading the details of them doing it. I wasn't even close to a cave. Um, right. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. I think they talked about it with Callisto Protocol and stuff. I'm sure they talked about it with the original, but the idea of these like really gruesome death animations are kind of a incentive not to die you're like i don't want to die because if this thing grabs me like it's going to be horrible even if you haven't seen it before i just feel like especially in dead space a lot of times you look at the enemies and even if they've never got you in their hands and killed you or anything like that you're like i just don't want this thing to touch me i never want to see it happen like so as soon as it gets close to me i'm gonna run or try to keep it away from me and i think that is like a really fun part of the horror and to sean's point like the detail and the game does way too good of a job of like humanizing even the original game where Isaac has no dialogue. They do a really good job of humanizing him when he's dying horribly. Uh, so like he, he's like squirming or shaking his head or, or things like that. And you're like, this is just so not fun to watch, but also like not, it's not so gross that you're just like, all right, I'm done playing this game, but it's definitely like, I don't want to put Isaac or myself through that again. So you're just like, I'm going to try to avoid this. Yes, it's kind oh, of like the iconic like chainsaw death in Resident Evil Four. Like the first yeah. time you got your head cut off oh, by that chainsaw too, guy, man. you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like I remember seeing that as a kid and just being like, "Everything changed." I was like, "You know, this you can happen else, to like, you." <laughs> you know what else is interesting about that scene is he saws through you for a bit, and like yeah. the scene <laughs> that he's doing is like in sync with the sound you're hearing of the saw sawing through you. Like he's actually putting effort to like dismember you. Yeah, because it's like it's realistically, like, it's not a clean yeah. cut or something like that. He has to like stop and be like, and you're like, oh, yeah. gross. So it's like he's screaming at the same time that the the saw is like grinding through your body. Yeah. So it's just sort of, uh, and even the pause that happens where like the saw kind of purrs a little bit because he's like obviously let go of like the gas on it. Like all of those things, and then you're sitting there, and other like ganados are like kind of like still kind of moving around and shit, like that. And then you know, of course, Leon's body falls the way it falls, and it's like all these things kind of play up in a way that like really gives you uh, a particular sense of dread. And then like the way that the sort of chorus comes in, like for the "You Are Dead," like all of that plays very similarly to this space. I didn't even think about uh, the parallels to how like even if the death scenes, some of them are shorter in RE4. Uh, There's still that particular sense of like playing out this idea because you're in that moment of that death for a while. 
because you still have to wait for the UR dead course to kind of come in. So yeah, man, I did not realize just how much these games are uh, similar. Yeah, they share a lot of DNA. I think even in in Resident Evil shooting, the fact that that game is so focused on like standing still and shooting like their knees or different limbs to knock things out, or especially like once you destroy them and their head pops open and like a creature comes out, there's a lot of like being in a stressful situation, especially in Resident Evil 4, because you can't even move. So it's like you're planted in place and you have to judge like how much time you have in between an enemy, how long their animations are going to be, if you need to like break away and run back a little bit. And I think Dead Space plays with a lot of those same things uh, to the nth degree where it's like it's all about targeting limbs and things like that. I also wanted to mention that uh, there's a couple places in Dead Space they do a good job of playing with a gaming expectation. Like there's a couple places where you think you're going to have like invincibility frames or, or like plot armor. Uh, one, I haven't played that much of the remake yet, but I've, I've at least gotten to a part where I went to go stomp on something and then it used like a tail or another limb to kill me. So like, I thought I had killed it already and I was going to, cause you stomp on things to get like inventory items from them. Um, and it was even then I was like, oh, I'm safe now. I'm in the invincibility frame of stepping on the thing, but that was not correct. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Like one thing I just want to get into real quick, just the way that like the stomp itself, it's such an interesting way to to dismember something or to kill something. Like it's it's just it's just really cool. Like, but just the way it sounds, the way it feels, like I just read it right before, like like the muffled echo of it, like the thud of the boot, like the strain of that like exasperated, like just full of effort, like that groan that like Isaac does. He's like he's not just like going, Okay, I'll just do a little stomp. He's putting like everything that he can into that stomp because one of course he would he's trying to kill all these things but also it reminds me of the fact that like yeah he's in space but he's being affected by so many different things at the same time he's in he's, he's in a fearful mode a frightful mode he's in under a ton of stress he's probably feeling like nauseous he's probably feeling out of breath very heavy it probably takes a lot of effort to even like lift that leg and like just the kind of relief of like thinking okay fine fuck i've killed one i've killed one thing that's like one less thing that could possibly like harm me do you know what i mean it's like all of that is just communicated so well through not just like the forceful like sound of that thud but through that groan and through that that sort of like almost almost relieved like gasp sigh that he does it's just it's a really interesting sound that he makes yeah yeah i think it's does a really good job of conveying you're feeling like you're an untrained person and this crazy creature is like still alive and wriggling on the ground and you have a giant boot and you're like i just need this thing to die so it's like time to just let it rip <laughs> and just yeah. stomp the crap out of this thing <laughs> I mean, until like, it doesn't move anymore. Spiders. It's like, you yeah, know, put a big spider in front of us, we'll all turn into Isaac Clock for at least 10 seconds. Just like, oh, yeah, I... what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I actually had a really like involving uh, experience with that in the game the first time that it, in the demo, that it, the first time it like tells you that you have to do this to get items into like, I didn't want to interact with the actual like alien anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to get near it. I thought it was going to try to hit me again, but like, so there was this sort of moment of like, yes, this is both visceral, but also still stressful to me because of the way the game looked and just still having to like sort of, you know, I guess dismember it more to get things that I needed uh and it also kind of played into the idea of making me feel more closer to uh to isaac because 
you know, I'm just imagining like being on the worst shift of your life and then all hell breaks loose and you're just like, I have to do this. Like I can't not do this, but regardless of how scared or terrified you are as the character from a narrative sense and from a player sense, like you, it's tied together like extremely well. And I just remember like, it got to a point where it felt more cathartic, but I was still very stressed about how it felt. Like, because I felt like I was stepping on something that had a horrible feeling like from a tactile perspective, like even if the boot is not his actual foot, like his foot is inside of a boot, but like, you can still kind of feel how like wriggly and weird something feels just based on like your experience in real life touching something that's gross. But the way the game animated, I was just like, oh my God, like this should be, this is way more involving than I thought it should be. I, yeah, just listening to you guys talk about all this, I think once again, there, there's like a beautiful symmetry between what the necromorphs are doing to you and what you're doing back to them, right? you were saying like those prolonged uh, death scenes when they win right it, it's really stressful right they just keep going but then that's what you do to them you're like is it dead i gotta make sure it's dead you know <laughs> yeah you're uh, both yeah, brutalizing yeah, each other like isaac and the necromorphs it's like a knockdown drag out it's like yeah right? they're just blasting every limb they have off and killing them in horrible ways or they're doing the same to you and it's like either way it's going to be bloody but that's such a good time. point oh, oh, go, oh, go, ahead. Oh, go, go ahead aj I was just gonna say it's such a good point because like yeah like yeah Richmond like we, <clears throat> a huge part of the game is literally you do cut their limbs off and then fight them with their own dismembered limbs so like yeah you really do like a lot of their own stuff like back to them I I did I had thought about that but just like in the context of this conversation like yeah that is a very interesting I, thing I mean like even the wet like gross sounds I was just thinking about there like the idea of like something being so disgusting it's kind of like touching like dirty dishes in a sense it's like gross to think about doing but then like no like in the second that you're doing it you feel happy and pleased about doing it because it's like okay i've killed this thing it's away from me onto like the next task or whatever like you feel like triumphant in that i guess it's really it's an interesting dichotomy that's cool yeah and i, I was gonna say it's kind of a good segue into another uh thing in the game that we haven't even talked about yet which is that there's a mechanic where you have the ability to like levitate uh objects um, yeah so when you're fighting these enemies you can also blow them up or throw shit at them <laughs> and impale them <laughs> um yeah. yeah, there's stasis and kinesis. So with stasis, you can basically freeze enemies in a little bubble. Not totally freeze them, but you slow them down to the point of where it's much easier to manage the situations. And then you have kinesis, which is like you can pick up physics objects. Mostly it's used for puzzle solving, especially in the original game, because in the original game you couldn't pick up enemy limbs and shoot them. That wasn't added until Dead Space 2. But in the remake, they make it so you can pick up limbs and objects and shoot them to like impale enemies and it's just really cool because it's utilizing more like practical sci-fi engineering tools like you can they show a lot of people using stasis and kinesis as like ways <clears throat> to repair machinery and things like that and you're using them in a way that obviously is not the intended use but it is incredibly <laughs> satisfying and i think the other cool thing about stasis especially is like you hit a stasis bubble you stasis like multiple enemies and when you kill them all that stasis continues as long as like the effect is still going so all their limbs and like gross stuff are like floating slowly in the air as they like come yeah. back down and you're just kind of in like a <laughs> gross shower of like viscera and stuff <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's incredible. It, it's absolutely incredible. One of the one of the most interesting things that I was thinking about was just the idea of like using that technology for both like the work on the ship and then using it for you know like actual. Um, like combat, for example, like the plasma cutter weapon, just like so many of these things. Like if if you've ever walked around a place where people do like building work and stuff, like the types of weapons that types of weapons, the types of things that they use could very much be appropriate <laughs> yeah. as weapons. So, for example, like if you hit someone with like like a hammer or something that someone would use when on like a building site, like that's just that's just going to hurt someone, or like a drill that's just going to hurt someone. Like so many of these things that like, we just you know walk around when you're looking at like just regular old shops hardware stores like a b&q home depot in the u.s like all these types of places that you can very realistically just get things that like isaac clock would use it's just like you just you just change it for for a new for a new thing yeah it's, it's really really cool richmond's got something to say though so okay, throw the, okay. the ball so, over i'm 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 I, I may be overthinking this i haven't played the game but just thinking about the way everything fits together the way it's presented the story you're you're a welder right is that correct you're, you're, you're yeah, like engineer. a construction guy. Yeah, you're like an engineer. Engineer. engineer, yeah. Engineer, okay. But you're, you're using all this uh, construction equipment. It's meant to, like, you know, fix stuff and make stuff and hold it together, right? And it's, um, you're, you're, you're fixing this engine that literally, like, destroys worlds, right? And then you have all these, like, things fighting back. And it's, I don't know, I guess uh, uh, metaphorically, right? It, it, it's, it's sort of like showing that, um, you're part of this, you're, you're locked into this situation. It's just a terrible situation, right? And like, you, you don't want to be there, but you have to because it's your job. And now you're, you're using these, these things to, to, to kill, right? Yeah, it's, you're using tools that fix stuff to take things apart. Like <laughs> instead of putting the ship, <laughs> you know, you put the ship back together at the same time in a lot of ways, but ultimately you're using all these engineering tools to take everything apart. And I think that's another thing that they convey really well is like you just look at how much damage all these weapons and and machines and kinesis and stasis and it gives you a good idea you're just like even inherently without necromorphs this job is incredibly dangerous and can end up in loss of life and limb very easily and i think it's really cool and says a lot about the game there's basically like one real gun they have like the pulse rifle and that's like the military rifle and it's actually one of the weakest weapons especially early on because it's designed to shoot, you know, center mass with like automatic shots and things like that. Whereas all the other weapons, like the flamethrower and things are all meant as like welding tools or things of that nature. And they're way more effective than what the military in the games world normally uses. And it shows because all the, all the security guards and stuff who are using those pulse rifles just get massacred pretty much immediately. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's an element of it though that makes that far more of a survival horror. Like, there's an element of it that that is a little bit more terrifying because you're try you have to fight. You are literally surviving. You have to fight things with things that are not meant to be weapons, um, and they're more effective. But they also kind of feel that way, right? Like you, yeah. you feel like you're shooting something with a with an engineering tool. Um, mm. It's, it's I, I, like I said, unlike a, say a Resident Evil, where you at least you are just using guns most of the time. Okay, I guess here's my my highfalutin. Let me just throw this out there. So, um, you know, like a lot of people say, like just participating in the system is violence, right? A system that perpetrates violence, even if you're not doing it directly, right? You're you're still supporting. I I don't necessarily. Uh, I I'm not gonna make a statement about that in real life, but in the game, it's like okay, well, these things, you know, your job's an engineer, right? You're just supposed to support this giant 
planet killing thing, right? But now you you know you're you're the one doing the violence because that's just that's ultimately what it's that's what holds everything together, right? It's that threat of violence that that's yeah. what keeps the engine going. Like quite literally, yeah. I think that one of the sort of well, one of those core concepts again. This is why I was just speaking very specifically about a little bit about game mechanics at the start of our sort of like pre-recording conversation, like a lot of what it is that we see in dead space even like it's called the classic very specifically because like it set precedents for how it is that people even create encounters like in video games from that point like forward it built on what it is that obviously we know resident evil 4 was able to deliver but also at the same time like it allowed for people to grow on and for people to evolve just those conceptions of like how it is that enemies can engage a player how it is that a space itself can like engage a player and i think that one of the most important things that we've sort of grown well, one of the th- one of the most important things that we've seen grow in that space now are people beginning to develop games that even like go against kind of all of that, against just the idea of like even needing to have combat specific like focus in respect to like their enemy encounters or with respect to their ways of even like having people interact or NPCs interact with like players. Like we see more games now with you know like pacifist runs. We see games now with more so like you know other different like options. The the idea of you know utilizing I don't know like poison and like a hit man game like that's been something which you could do for a long time obviously but just like there are so many different ways to create those types of encounter and i think that obviously dead space being as violent and needing the or need to utilize the violence as it has or as it does is very intriguing and interesting but yeah it, it just really makes you think about what the nature of all of that is and like where it stands with respect to how you interface with the game and how the game seeks to sort of like convey those messages back to you i think it's, it's a really interesting thing yeah yeah and i think now with like the Dead Space remake, it's just showing the influence the series has had because the original is like really, I think people are really looking back at the original as like a classic and the remake is such a great game. And I think especially, it's especially prescient with like Callisto Protocol coming out and being created by Schofield and like a lot of the original team and being such a clear like spiritual kind of spiritually influenced by Dead Space. I think Callisto Protocol is really different and I think that was a big part of like probably what hurt its reception is I think a lot of people were going in and they were going to say, oh, this is just Dead Space made by the Dead Space guys. And I think the developers clearly have Dead Space influence on it, but I think gameplay-wise it's very different from Dead Space. And I think maybe that wasn't conveyed well enough to people because it's actually like melee-focused, which people definitely Mm. weren't expecting. Uh, It's much more of like almost like a brawler (laughs) and like a timing-based brawler, which is really bizarre. Um... But I think Callisto has a lot of the elements that make Dead Space great. It just doesn't quite bring it all together. It, but it, the visuals are great. I think like the atmosphere is really good. I think the creatures and stuff are gross. I think it's very close. But um, I think it also misses a lot of what makes Dead Space great while trying to ape it, but not necessarily in as good of a way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will say, I um, having recently, I'm, I'm like nearly done with Callisto Protocol, but... Uh, I mean, I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. Like, I, I'm glad, kind of, I kind of glad I live in a world where the remake and Callisto Protocol exist. Um, yeah, me too. There's a, there's a lot of really, you know, what? this is kind of a weird, weird thought I had when I was playing it. I was like, you know what? I, I wonder if, if people thought about it less like a, how is this compared to Dead Space, and more like exactly how is, how is the classic survival horror genre evolved because like it actually gave me a lot of nostalgia um cluster protocol is a little like to derek's point much more melee focused 
but it, it does add a lot more tension, um, which I think a lot of people miss. Like the, the dodging system is like a little weird to get used to. Um, but it's also one of those games that even though the, the environment I think isn't as convincing from lack of better term as dead spaces is, it, it's definitely got a, 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 a tense element of like, you don't know what's going to be around a corner. And it was mm -hmm. one of those games where I found myself very slowly walking. Like you can run in the game, but I almost never did. Um, Cause I, yeah, I, I don't know. Much, I felt like much yeah. more tense. Yeah. It's a much slower game than dead space because like just, I was playing it. Like you said, Sean, you've been playing it and I, played it last night i've actually just through sheer happenstance as weird as it sounds i've already played through callisto protocol this is like my third playthrough i had started <laughs> new game plus and i really enjoyed callisto protocol but i really came at it like i'm just excited to play another action i think there's not a lot of like big budget action survival horror games outside of like dead space resident evil something like callisto protocol where you get that kind of feeling and and especially dead space with no dead space and callisto protocol was the first thing in a long time it's like I just really wanted that claustrophobic sci-fi kind of like horror element. And I think Callisto Protocol does a really good job with that stuff. I think the atmosphere, the sound design and everything is easily on the same level as Dead Space. I think even visually it's probably even more impressive than the remake or at least just as impressive. Um, and there was clearly a ton of effort put into the gameplay and like the combat. I think the combat is just so... I actually really like that uh, Striking Distance, the developer, went for like something different like the fact that they were like all right we're gonna make it like melee focused and more about like dodging and timing and less about just shooting limbs off or things like that really separates so, it from dead space and makes you get really up close to the enemies i think it affects the horror a little bit because looking at a scary monster and then telling yourself all right i gotta run up and beat the hell out of that thing with like a stun baton uh <laughs> and like dodge it like mike tyson style and stuff kind of makes the enemies yeah. less scary because you're just like all right i gotta go right up to this thing and just get in a fist fight with it um <laughs> but i think the game still has a lot of like good horror elements great atmosphere um i i found it a really fun ride uh and while it's not you know dead space is iconic uh i think callisto protocol is still well worth people's time even if it doesn't really hit those same notes. But I think if you go in with the expectation that it's not Dead Space, you you have a much better time. I kind of like to Sean's point, I felt very happy and kind of nostalgic because I was like, I just haven't played one of these big story-driven linear survival horror action games like in a long time. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good time. It sounds like if if the original Dead Space was Resident Evil inspired, then, then Callisto Protocol sounds like... Um, god hand survival or inspired <laughs> yeah oh, yeah it's really weird you yeah. use the stick to like dodge left and right and stuff kind of like god hand and then yeah. you basically time that by like hitting the enemies with uh, a stun baton I, I will i will add that like with um i mean there's a lot of dna that's seen like you do stomp on things like in dead space you're you have an hp indicator that's like on the back of the character's head right like but um this is one of the things where sometimes like i'll i'll watch games instead of playing them because I'm worried about like the skill floor for them. Like I'm not always interested in being challenged. And I watched a lot of people play Callisto protocol before I played it. Um, and I watched a couple of, and almost everybody talked about how easy the dodging system was. And I would like to point out that at least for people that don't play games, like as quite a, as much as like maybe some reviewers, um, I felt that the dodging system was actually pretty rewarding like i felt good when i was accurately dodging because like the, the, they, they mentioned a thing where 
Um, unlike, say, in the Dead Space, when you're swarmed with multiple enemies, it's actually pretty hard to switch context. Like, you could just get smacked in the side of the head by another enemy because it's pretty hard. You can only really dodge one at a time. And almost everybody that I watched kind of mentioned it as a, a problem with the design. But it hit me right in the nostalgia of, like, we were talking about how in Resident Evil, it, originally, you had to kind of position yourself, then raise your weapon in order to shoot something. Like, you also were kind of, part of the horror part was you were restricted by how you you interacted. And because it's so melee focused, um, you don't, again, same thing I was talking about. You don't get invincibility frames really yeah like you, you mostly have to be aware of your surroundings and in a way that you know isn't supernatural <laughs> or anything like you have to just be aware that you can't really have a brawl with like this massive thing while something that's walking towards you is is just gonna wait it's not gonna wait there while like you yeah <laughs> you'll have you have you have an all-out like dodging brawl so i actually found it very tense um yeah and to yeah. your point Sean, like you were talking about the difficulty, it was funny because I had the opposite experience. I actually ended up putting the game on the hardest difficulty because I just felt so like resource flush. Um, but I also, I just thought the combat was really fun and unique and it was weird for me to see people being like, ah, oh, the combat's broken or whatever. And I was like, I think a lot of people went into Callisto Protocol and just only tried to exclusively engage with it like Dead Space. They took the guns and everything because Callisto Protocol does have like a full arsenal of guns, but they're really just there to supplement the melee combat. The real key to the guns in that game is like you're doing melee and then it opens up these like uh, critical shots where you quickly whip out the gun and like blow off a limb or something like that. But then after that, you just want to go right back into the melee. And I think a lot of people were trying to just stay back and shoot enemies like Dead Space. And in Callisto Protocol, if you try to like kill an enemy with a pistol, you'll shoot an enemy in the leg like seven times before anything even like comes off of them or like hitting their leg off or anything like that. And the game is just so clearly designed around the melee element that I think a lot of people really just kind of miss the forest for the trees on that. Uh, and just went right to saying, oh, the combat's broken. And I think the combat actually works really well. And to Sean's point, is very satisfying when you nail the elements and the dodges and the blocks and stuff. Um, if you really like try to get, you know, get in and, and play it the way the game probably wants you to play it as opposed to trying to play it like a game it isn't. Yeah, I, uh, I recall there were uh, similar complaints about God Hand back in the day. People were like, oh, this game sucks. Like, I just get overwhelmed by the enemies. And it's like, well, yeah, you shouldn't run into the middle of a room and let yourself get surrounded. <laughs> like, you need situational awareness. Yeah. Yeah, God Hand is a game that really, I feel like, was lambasted, like, critically when it came out. And now is, like, a cult classic for that oh, yeah. reason. Like, the the intricacies of the combat and how difficult it is and the uniqueness of dodging and i think callisto protocol will always kind of have a little bit of a cult following because it's like such a good looking like atmospheric game but also just because it's pretty unique as far as combat goes i would say if anything it has more influence from like the last of us than dead space in terms of the way it plays it's very like mm -hmm. you crouch around and, and there's a lot of extra like stealth elements that you don't have in Dead Space that can be really tense in Callisto Protocol. There's a lot of really cool stealth sections. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, kind of that uh, melee what, focus. What, what, you say that it also reminded me of something that the original Dead Space did well and also Callisto Protocol does. Is, I don't know why, but I always really appreciate when inventory and uh, crafting and weapon systems are very like in-world specific. So like, uh, even though it's like kind of a contrivance, I actually appreciate it. Callisto Protocol has like a 3D printer which is what allows you to upgrade um, like your gear and weapons and stuff like that. 
Um, and obviously, like, a lot of the, the tools in Dead Space are, like, engineering-related. Same thing with, like, Last of Us. You're, you're crafting different things, like, together. And those things all, like, really functioned well, like, in the combat system. But they also feel really immersive for the world. Because, like, for the most part, they don't do that kind of um, dissonant thing where they just say, they go, you know, it's a game or whatever. For the most part, they try really hard... To, to bring you into the world by putting something in the world that makes sense in the context. Um, so like, I feel like all those ones, like it really adds to the type of survival horror thing where you really do feel like you're, I don't know, you're, you feel like you're using the resources at your disposal to survive rather than, and like I said, a 3d printer is like to some degree a contrivance, but I think if you play it on a harder difficulty, um, or rather like a properly tuned difficulty is probably a better way to say it then you feel the resource burn like i didn't play it on the i'm not playing callisto on the hardest but i'm also not playing it on the easiest because like last of us is another game that changes dramatically when you don't have enough resources yeah. which is far more you know i don't know it's far more spiritual to what a survival horror game should be yeah i always think of last of us as like i actually just finished the remake the other night, which is probably like my 15th playthrough of The Last of Us at this point. But uh, <laughs> that game is, is reminds me of Dead Space. I think that's probably the fourth series yeah. in my mind that is like a great survival horror, like AAA game. Because The Last of Us really is, yeah, the story and the way it presents itself is definitely different from regular survival horror games. But combat is very similar to like Absolutely. Dead Space or something like that and it's very horror driven especially any sections with like clickers and things like that are just as scary if not scarier for a lot of people I think than anything you would run into in a lot of like horror games yeah I, I, like I said it, it always like irks me a little bit when reviewers will run through games at a lower level of difficulty and then complain about it because um because <laughs> well, they act like um things like not having weapons uh is not going to add to the horror feel and, and like it's, it's more prevalent in last of us than like callisto or dead space but it is one of those things where not having enough resources is scary <laughs> and, yeah that's the key thing i feel like <laughs> well because you think about it like it goes back to what i was talking about with silent hill like when when you are a competent individual that is resourced in order to fight the thing you're fighting it's not scary to you because you're not threatened. And it's like, well, it, it's not just the the actual mechanics of fighting something. It's like, uh, even if you have, a, like, even in, like, Last of Us, you have plenty of guns, right? But um, it, for the most part, clickers cannot be killed with guns. Um, and if you're playing it on any level of high difficulty, even if you have a gun that's capable of killing them, like a shotgun, you don't have enough ammunition in order to really, t like, you really have to, you have to stealth around them. Like, for the most, I think when I first played the game, um, I was like meticulous about crafting shivs and then sneaking around and killing clickers. But when I played it on like grounded difficulty, which is the, the highest one, um, you basically don't fight anything that you don't need to fight. Yeah. Um, because even in the case of the shiv, like you're using valuable resources. Because uh, yeah, you open the... doors and stuff. Mm -hmm. with the and, and so like, I, I think it's just interesting for people to be aware that like the difficulty level in survival horrors game really changes how how it impacts you because like like I said, not having enough resources is scary. Yeah, the Absolutely. I think in The Last of Us, I wish Dead Space I was thinking about playing the Dead Space remake and I was like, how do you make like how would I have gone about making a remake or or making a new Dead Space? And I just kind of thought about the idea of like I wish Dead Space was a little more focused, like it I love Dead Space as it is, but I'd love to see like a new 
Dead Space with a new entry focused on less enemies and more like difficult combat encounters with those enemies. And to the point of like Last of Us, the idea that like a clicker or a bloater, if that thing touches you, you're just you're dead instantly. You can't even let it grab you. Whereas like Dead Space, if they get close, like they'll damage you. If you're playing on higher difficulties, they'll definitely kill you quickly. But you can take some good hits, especially as you're upgraded in Dead Space. Whereas like Last of Us, to Sean's point, like you take a couple shots at a clicker, and if you don't get two or three shots on its head, it's gonna close that ground so fast, and then you're just done. And like Dead Space, The Last of Us, which it doesn't really get talked about very much, has like super graphic death animations that are really visceral and they're really quick. So they're like kind of surprising. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, like I don't even really <laughs> realize what I just saw and I didn't like it. So I'm going to avoid like fighting these clickers or I'm going to stay around them. And it just keeps that intensity level really high because when you are just stealthing around clickers and stuff, at any moment, they can notice you, whip around, and just kill you instantly. So it's like really, really tense uh, fighting against infected in that game. And I, I would love to see Dead Space take a few nods from that and really show the Necromorphs is like super lethal in the way that clickers and bloaters and stuff are in Last of Us. No, absolutely. I think that's one of the coolest things, just the fact that like enemies from like the games that you mentioned, just like they were so tough and like fighting them. It, it's not so much. It, it, it wasn't like a novelty that that was the thing i think that one of the things with respect to dead space despite obviously how amazing those combat encounters were i think that like a lot of the time people kind of felt as if when fighting them they could like i've watched a few videos people like, often like made jokes or it kind of became like a little bit like comedic at times too when you'd like sort of watch body parts like roll away in a weird way or just like oh look a head went like upside down and like backwards and now it's like funny like that was a huge part of like what people were able to um to build off like internet like wise for example like i remember very very specifically when i was um much much younger watching lots of playthroughs like of this game and stuff and it would become kind of like funny to like you know stomp on something so much so that like obviously like it wouldn't really be like there anymore but just like the continuation of like the stomping is kind of like the the joke there or for example like blowing something up and like its body does like a weird thing or just parts of it would be like oh this is like funny now haha like i feel good about having done this but like i've never really watch someone play like the last of us or watch someone play a few other games and like watch them have like fun like in those moments yeah I think the the level of like how intense or how tense you feel i think it, it, it just sustained in a few different ways with respect to how it is that those games I, th I think just handle and treat like areas of their combat not not a slight per se more so just a, mm -hmm. a comment on like the juxtaposition of people's experiences with respect to how they played those games but also to sort of like spin off that a little bit I was just talking to you in the chat about the fact that there used to be, we're hopping into Dead Space 2, uh, Dead Space 2 uh, ads now real quickly, but like there was a series of ads called that like, Your Mom Hates Dead Space 2. And like they would they would basically show um, some some women, who, some some uh, some mothers, the, the gameplay. They'd, they'd, show, they'd show them some of the gameplay and they'd be like, oh, like look at these like reactions. Like some of them would be afraid. Some of them would say like, this isn't for children. My child won't be playing this anytime soon. Like all that type of stuff. And then like, yeah, that would be the kind of like, oh, we did it. Like, whoa, it's so sick. Like, oh man, like these ladies are so like pissed off at the game. Like, ah, I got them. It's just like that, that kind of a thing. It's like, it kind of sort of speaks to 
how it is that like you could see areas of the combat yourself and sort of like sort of what, what's the word for it you you would you would add comedy into them if that makes sense they, they wouldn't be it's not 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 say they wouldn't be taken like as seriously but like there are just areas of that where not like rightly or wrongly but like I think that just like adding in that type of a focus, adding in that type of a kind of a "ha, gotcha" sort of sort of thing to to that to this game, I think it can not necessarily like not cheapen the, the experience, but I think it can just like change the perception of the experience when trying to look at something as just quite physically scary or just quite physically like intriguing with respect to like its 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 core horror sort of like uh, sentiment. So I think it's it's hard to explain, but like yeah, I think that that kind of it aids it. And also kind of like hinders part of the collective experience when speaking about how the horror is viewed, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I think Dead Space, Last of Us is focused entirely on that, like difficulty and the emotion and, and yeah, the it's like serious. Horror, like... Whereas like Dead Space has a little bit of just the fun of classic slashers where it's like the gore, the over the topness the chaos, like the combat, you're supposed to also enjoy it. Like you're supposed to have a good time and kind of be like, this is empowering in a way too. And I think especially as you get late in Dead Space or like I've played the game so many times, even playing the remake, I just felt like an exterminator. Like I was going in and just slaughtering (laughs) necromorphs and like throwing their bodies around and whatever else and like cackling. And my wife is like sitting there watching me play. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, I don't think most people play this this way. And I'm like, I've just played it so much at this point. I know exactly how the necromorphs are going to react. So I just kind of abuse them. But it's like, I think that mastery too, whereas like Last of Us, you never go into Last of Us no matter how many times you've played and you're just like, all right, time to just beat the crap out of all these clickers and stuff. Whereas Dead Space, it's like, I know exactly what these guys are going to do. I know how to deal with them and I'm just going to annihilate them. Like, I I don't know if I ever even died in my playthrough of the remake, which was kind of funny. this is oh my gosh you just put something together in my mind like this is exactly what this reminds me of this this reminds me of like house of the dead it reminds me of like an arcade type experience kind of it it reminds me of like parts of you know when you see something like explode and it's all gross it's like it's the kind of like there's a gross out factor there with respect to its sort of like portrayal of something disgusting or or horrific i think yeah like that I have to think about that some more, but there's definitely an interesting aspect with with regard to how it treats you as a player and how it is that you know when you are in those tough positions, you feel obviously you do feel scared, you do feel stressed, you do feel those things, but at the same time, like going through it like enough times, like I've played The Last of Us a lot of times. It's one of the sort of like formative games. Like for me, it's really really mm-hmm. important to me. I I literally went to like the same university as one of the, the devs on it because of how good it was, and like I graduated from the same course as him, child Peter Field, but like yeah. Yeah, like one of these things is really important it's like it makes you feel something that makes you actively want to change how it is that you're playing the game it makes you want to actively want to change how it is that you are thinking about the experiences that you're having within it like when you're going through the last of us i've played it like i said so many times like i've never really gone through it and been like haha i just killed that like thing all right cool i feel i feel light i feel like sort of like i'm gonna just like i don't know like just run around and like sort of run around with a smile on my face and like have like a great time in that <laughs> sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't feel that yeah, when you're playing exactly. the game. Like, it's not yeah. it's not the same type of a type of a drive. Like you don't you don't cackle while you're playing that game in a sense. It's, it's a different feeling, but like not to say that that's like again, it's not good or bad. It's more so just it's such a different thing now that I've thought about it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, actually I think this kind of also goes to like how Resident Evil evolved, right? Like I think Early, early, early Resident Evils were kind of more like that, where you had to be slow and methodical. 
but I mean, not that I don't enjoy it. Uh, me and uh, one of our other friends, Jason, we off we we consistently will go back and play the co-op for Resident Evil Five as an example. But mm-hmm. that game is not scary. It's just fun. <laughs> it's just fun yeah. to shoot stuff. Um, and, and a lot more of the zombies and approaches are much more action oriented. Like obviously, it, it is gross, right? It's it's gross and like unsettling, but. Um, I definitely think like the later Resident Evils also kind of gave way to more of this um, action-oriented, like it's it's more about like gleefully killing zombies to some degree. Uh, I mean, like five, like Resident Evil Five still had a little bit of that like point and shoot uh, stress that came with it, but it never like I don't know, at least it never felt scary to me. Um, but again, like maybe playing with a friend makes it less scary as well. Yeah, I mean, that's like a pretty vital component to why Resident Evil 4, I'm sorry, 5, uh, did not have that same sort of fear factor. Like, instead of you embracing fears, it's like, oh, well, my fear is kind of alleviated because I have a a partner by my side. Um, And I think that's something that they really pushed into the branding it may have been an attempt to sort of widen the spread of survival horror games um because at least in japan like the advertisements they had uh chiaki kuroyama from uh, kill bill actually uh playing the game as just some random schoolgirl, and she was really scared and then like her dad like is sitting next to her and he has a controller And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, you don't have to worry about the fear factor as much because, you know, you've got your your partner by your side kind of thing. So uh, five felt more action arcadey in terms of the experience than uh, four. Four still had tense moments. Four still had some elements that kind of were a bit like frightening. But five was just you're just shooting the shit out of grotesque things, really. (laughs) Um, you know, some of the music that they had for like the enemy fights were a bit tense, like when you had like hordes of bosses. So there was like some element where they tried to imply it. But the moment that you had any sort of remote synergy between the other player, like you were pretty much okay. Like you didn't really think about it. Well, James, I'm wondering your opinion because you you play more of it. So I feel like our uh, Resident Evil kind of course corrected back away from action but like in seven and eight would you agree with that or do you think it's still pretty action oriented um i think that they they went for uh i think a like a a compromise to have elements of both uh there are definitely some pseudo action set pieces in seven and then i think eight was kind of like we'll give you like a Resident Evil 4 hors d'oeuvre, but then like the main (laughs) course is like kind of a little more scary. But if you really play through that game, which I haven't because of that aborted fetus, but I've seen other elements of (laughs) the game past that part that do feel like a bit of a fallback to uh, like like an action like B movie sort of thing that has like creepy elements in it. Whereas like the baby part is probably the nucleus of the extreme amount of horror or fear or like scary things that are actually in Resident Evil 8. Yeah, um, eight, I don't think 8 is very scary other than the baby. Yeah, part. like it's, it's only one element Resident of the game 4, that freaks yeah. me out. The I rest think of the actually... game 
I've actually heard eight described more like a theme park. Um, from other it people. does. It feels like a ride. Um, yeah. It feels like a Universal Studios attraction. I think the only part that freaked me out was the baby. Like I just I can't like that part was like the scariest thing that I didn't even fully experience. I got to a certain point with it. Where I was like, nope, I can't do this. Um, but then like elements past that part, they kind of return back to this Universal Studios kind of attraction experience and you know you just sort of play through it and it's whatever um yeah like i think capcom was trying to figure out whether or not they should go a particular route because i think capcom kind of understood that resident evil 4 is like super important but they also are like well we can't keep making resident evil 4 we still have to make something different but like if we can pepper in those elements to bring people to play it then you know, maybe we can get like a wider audience, but still have something that fits in the survival horror genre. I think one thing, one of my favorite things about Dead Space, and this is kind of like a spoiler for the series, um, is that, you know, and we can wrap things up kind of on this note, um, is Dead Space is in like, Yes, it's a very cool title, and space is scary, and everything's dying in space in Dead Space 1, but over the course of the series, you realize that basically the big antagonist is like a kind of the game's solution to the Fermi paradox, where like there's no life in the universe besides mm -hmm. humanity, and it's actually because this organism of like the necromorphs has basically eaten the entire universe or solar system up until that point. So basically, like, it is quite literally dead space. Like the universe of dead space is just empty space outside of humanity at this oh, point, because these necromorphs have basically slaughtered everything, uh, which really like leads into this like Lovecraftian element. I think the third game has a lot of issues, but there's a lot of really fun story things in the third game that I think do a really good job of like connecting everything together. And it's clear they had a plan from the beginning. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So. That's great that oh, they put so much awesome. effort into the, the story and just having everything actually really fit together tightly. Yeah. All right. I, th this was a fun conversation, even though like I, I, I'm not familiar with the series yet. It was really fun to like learn about it. I'm very curious about it now. Um, so let's, uh, I think, I think maybe we might want to do a part two to, uh, to Absolutely. this conversation. Absolutely, get it, yeah. Go in a bit deeper with yeah, the story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's wrap stuff up here, and um, yeah, let's 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 get everyone back. Uh, in, you know, for for uh, the, down the road, maybe um, uh, Adam, you, you you can figure out. Uh, well, we'll 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 discuss after the the podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's it for for today. All right. Let's do the outro. <laughs> everyone ready? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, this was really fun. Uh, so if you enjoyed this podcast, well, first of all, thank you for listening. Thanks for making it all the way to the end here. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can follow us, uh, you know, keep up with the podcast on Twitter. That's the best place to get updates. Follow us at Art Eater Podcast, A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R -E -E uh, podcast. Um, yeah. And also, you know, you can shoot us a line, let us know how we're doing, give us, uh, you know, uh, like, like suggestions for, for stuff you might want to you know, hear us talk about in the future. Um, and if you want to catch up on the older podcast, you can go to the website. That's www.arteater.com, A R 
art-eater.com and uh, just click on the podcast section. Uh, everything that we've ever recorded, uh, you, you, you can listen to on there. Uh, hopefully it's on your favorite platform. You know, we're, we're on just about any podcasting platform you can imagine. Uh, uh, yeah. And, um, I always forget to mention this, but we, I will, I will not forget today. We do actually have a, a Patreon. Um, so if you go to, uh, patreon.com slash, I want to say it's art eater OG, I think. Right, hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me check folks. We, we are good at this. We're good at, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, been out you are correct. Our yeah. Patreon. Yeah, okay. Okay. Patreon. Patreon.com slash, slash art eater OG. Cause I think for some reason art eater wasn't available. I've heard that. any, in any case, if you enjoy, you know, if you enjoy uh, our podcast, the website, the articles, uh, uh, the tweets, uh, yeah, uh, you, you can support us on there, and um, yeah, we're we're, we're going to try to do it bigger uh, this year. Yeah, I don't, let's just do it. We'll, we'll, I don't I don't want to overpromise on your deliver. We'll, we'll, we got some cool stuff in the works. We'll do it, and um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll remind people about the podcast more often too. Um, yeah, and then uh, cool. So uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm on there way too much. Um, uh, I'm Richmond Lee. It's R I C H M O N D underscore L E E. Uh, yeah, shoot, shoot me a message. Let me know uh, how you're doing. And uh, yeah, hey dudes, like let let everyone know, uh, you know how what what you're up to and how how they can follow along. You know how how, how they can keep up with you after the podcast. Yep, um, I'm Sean. Usually here. Editing the podcast, I will also mention that I, I have been working secretly in the background on, uh, we actually have recorded a ton of 3am games episodes, which is our, it's not really a sister podcast, it's more like a, uh, a bonus uh, art eater thing that we do where we, we basically uh, take a, a concept that I'm positive James uh, in the amazing minds uh, of his with the vocabulary that he has invented about games that, that just like make you feel like you're deliriously playing at 3 a.m. Um, and it, it once you hear one episode, it makes a lot of sense. Anyway, we've got like actually seven or eight episodes uh, in the queue, and I've been working on editing them and also adding the game information to our website so that if you are intrigued to play one of these random games that we talk about, uh, you'll be able to go find it and look it up. So we'll be making a pretty large drop. Um, there's also going to be a separate feed. So 3AM games will be posted on our main podcast feed, but there will also be a separate 3AM uh, podcast RSS feed that you can follow if you only want uh, to follow those as they are uh, much more random and undirected. Um, for instance, the title of those episodes, I usually just pick out a, a really funny quote from the episode. And you, the, the design is kind of for you and the rest of us to go into the episode not knowing what everyone else is going to select. Um, so it's a fun time. Um, anyway, for me specifically, you can follow me, uh, on Twitter at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Uh, as of recently, I've been spending a lot of time, uh, doing mentoring on adplist.org. So, uh, tons of product marketing design people on there. It's free for everybody. Um, the only thing you got to do is make sure that you actually show up on time. Uh, <laughs> something I'm starting to mention cause, uh, some people will get kicked off the platform if you, you know, you schedule a time and don't show up. And that goes two ways. Also, mentors are penalized if they don't show up for committed times. But um, if you're looking for uh, just someone in the industry to talk to, there's thousands of awesome people on there. Uh, highly recommend that you go check it out. Um, 
And you can just look me up or I'm on alepless.org backslash uh, sporsky. So, um, yep. Otherwise, uh, I'll just be retweeting cool stuff that these guys do. Yep. Uh, this is James Stanley, your fellow, fellow fighting game expert and uh, vaporwave connoisseur. Uh, I also am on Twitter. Uh, not as much as maybe some other uh, members of our eater, but I, I make my, my check on there from time to time. Uh, if you like retweets of beautiful uh, Sakuga reels from the late 80s, 890s, late 90s of uh, you know, anime, um, if you like Hong Kong cinema, if you like a lot of opinions about like the design meta of fighting games, uh, as well as uh, really passionate tributes to X-Men Children of the Atom <laughs> uh, in, in terms of fan art, then, uh, you know, this is the place for you to go. Uh, my Twitter is beefykunoichi, that is B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Um, I am also running a Patreon. Um, if you actually like my art and my illustrations and you want to have more insight on how I approach my art and you want to figure out how you can do that for yourself on your own for a hobby or if it is something that you want to pursue as a career, um, I do offer tutorials on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash with no underscore. Um, there you will find uh, extensive tutorials, behind the scenes art and sketches, and uh, a lot of work on my passion project, which is Part-Time Shuffle. Uh, it's the fighting game that I have not made yet, but that I absolutely will. So uh, if you're into any of those things and also random threads about music and art, you should check out my Patreon. Hello, everybody. Once again, it is Adam. Please be here once again, everybody. Uh, it's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, and also international tag order fighter. It's always great to be back again with the crew. Uh, I had such a good time talking about this. Uh, I probably spoke a little bit more than normal because this is something I'm very, very, very intrigued by and passionate about. And it's just been such a blast chatting about this. I'm sure when we when we come together for the next one, it'll be even better than this time. But uh, yeah, I, I go by... Um, AJ on Twitter, you can find me over there at AJ Mattis. That's A J M A double T I S. I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. If anybody wants and or needs any pixel art related work or help, I'm active at the moment, so please do get in touch. If you do want to shoot me a message or anything else like that, the DMs are always open. And if you liked anything that I had to say, do drop me a follow or drop me a message so you can hear some more. But yeah, that was so much fun. I am so, so happy about this. And just, yeah, I'm really, really excited about the next one. So I'm going to throw the uh, digital football over to the next participant. Tell them where you've got to go. Tell them, man. <laughs> uh, it'll be easy because I don't really actually have any social media. Um, so I will be back here for part two and I just love talking about Dead Space and I will be happy to talk about it any day of the week. Um, but yeah, I'll be around and honestly, yeah, don't really have anything to follow me on. So uh, just thank you all for your time. I had an amazing time talking about it. Oh, it was so much fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for being on here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now, hundred percent. Well, listen, everybody. This was a blast. Uh, we'll catch you all later on the uh, USG. You know what I'm saying? All right. Sleep tight. <laughs> Don't let the necromorphs bite. I'll catch you all later. All right. Take care. <laughs> Keep your plasma cutters handy. Stay ready. Bye. Bye. Right.